about looking at the Old Testament, looking at the history of the Scriptures and how that foreshadowed or how that anticipated what Jesus was going to do when he arrived on earth. Thank you, boys. Can we give these guys a big hand? Thank you. So our hope with this series is that we could look at the old things, look at the old scriptures and see something new in it. To look at things in an, that were from a long time ago and see how they can still be relevant in our life today. But before we begin, let's pray. God, I thank you so much that we can join together today. And uh, despite our morning of interruptions or whatever brought us here today, God, I thank you that you have a word for us, that no one is here by accident, but instead that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us here. I pray that you would speak to us, that we would know you more, and that we would know ourselves more. And God, I pray that you would help us hear you and how you would have us make a difference in this city. Amen. Amen. So... I'm going to leave you in on a secret, and I hope you'll keep it because it's actually very, very vulnerable of me. Um, but if I was Superman, I'm going to let you know of my kryptonite, okay? So my possibly my biggest weakness in life. So if there was a Bailey versus alien invasion situation, this is how the aliens would take over the earth, okay? This is how they would take me down. They would give me a fright, I have an extreme sensitivity to frights. Like, I'm not a crier, but if you give me a fright, like, tears come into my eyes. It takes me about 15 minutes to calm my heart down again. And <laughs> and um, some of my family members obviously think this is quite funny and think it's a joke until they realize one time in particular my sister gave me a fright. As I was coming out of the bathroom at night, she was in the hallway and jump scared me. I cried. I was in a ball, and it took me about 15 minutes to calm my heart rate down. Now I never come out of that bathroom without all the lights in the hallway on. My mum said that this started when I was very young. So uh, when I would be in a capsule or a car seat in the car and there would be a motorbike or a loud truck or, or a boy racer go past, poor baby Bailey would be like having the fright of her life crying in the back seat. So you can only imagine the horror of a whole motorcycle gang going past poor baby Bailey. It would have been a nightmare. Does anyone else here get frights easily? Yes. How about, uh, so like jump scares, bugs, shadows on the wall. Yep, there's a few people here who get the frights. The shadows on the wall or the ceiling until you actually realize what it is and then you realize it was nothing to be scared of in the first place. Yeah. See, shadows, we know they're actually nothing to be afraid of. There's simply just a warp of light, really. There's you, and then there's a light source, and somewhere in between there's an object. And the further you are away from the light source, the more distorted the image is on the wall. The less you understand, and the less you can recognize what that object is. But it's only as you step towards the object, or step towards the light source, your vision becomes clearer you realize there's no reason to fear because the object becomes familiar. 
See, in the Old Testament, the people perceived God as this faraway God. They did not fully understand him. They had created this image in their mind of who he was. But because they perceived him as so far away, their their image was actually distorted. In Psalms 10 verse 1, David says, Oh Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I'm in trouble? See, in the same way that you and I, in order to understand an object that a shadow is cast and we need to move closer towards the object or towards the light source, God moved closer to us. We did not need to strive or to chase away a faraway God, but instead God stepped towards us. Why? Because it was his desire that we would know him in the same way that he knows us. That the creation that God created you and I, he made us so intricately and so uniquely. He knew every detail of our lives. He desired that we would know our creator in the same way, in the same intimacy. I want to let you know today that God is stepping towards you. God is stepping towards you. And you know, it's so amazing to be in church today. It's so amazing to be in the building today. I'm not sure if you actually knew, but we weren't in the building this morning. There was a power cut, so we were outside. But, you know, we've only been in this building for about a year. Um, We, you know, there's so many people here who actually helped us move into this home, helped us lay carpet and unwrap chairs and do flat pack furniture. And If that was you, if you helped us move into this home, would you give us a little bit of a wave? Yeah, yeah, so many. (laughs) Yeah, it's so amazing to be in this home that we have now, but it wasn't always this way. We actually uh, were in a theatre beforehand because if anyone knows construction, uh, they know it doesn't happen overnight, right? You know that saying, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day? Well, neither was Elam Christian Centre. So we were in a set-up and packed-down facility for five years. Uh, we, we were in a theatre down the road and we used to have our Power Zone programme, our primary age programme, in a room which we nicknamed, in hindsight, terrible name, we nicknamed it the dungeon. <laughs> and the reason being is because the, it was underneath the adult stage and you had to go down these stairwell, uh, the stairwell in order to get into this room that was dark and it was musty. It was an old dressing room. Does anyone remember the dungeon? Yeah. And um, there was heaps of bugs, which I hated, but the kids, some of them quite enjoyed that. And we would have to coordinate our, our loud time, so our game time or our worship time with the adults' worship. Because we were right under their stage, they would be able to hear whatever we got up to. And um, anyway, we loved it. <laughs> it was a great time, but we're so thankful to be here. You know, we know today, we know nowadays that church can happen anywhere, right? It can happen in a beautiful permanent facility can happen in a school hall, um, in a movie theatre. And if anything, last year we learnt about the churches, we didn't actually need a building at all. It could be online, it could be on people's TVs, on people's mobile devices. But it wasn't always this way. And in fact, in the Old Testament, it was all about the building. The church was all about the temple. And why, why was this? It's because 
they perceived God as this faraway God, which we talked about. And God wasn't satisfied that, with that, so he decided to take a step towards his people. And he gave a man called David uh, some plans to build a temple. Unfortunately, uh, David uh, got old and he passed away, so his son finished the, do- finished the job, King Solomon. So now we know this temple in the Old Testament as Solomon's temple. In 1 Kings 6, it says, In the 480th year after the Israelites came out of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, the second month, he began to build the temple of the Lord. Now, this temple, it was extravagant. It was amazing. You know, the Bible records that people from all over the world came and looked at this temple, and it took their breath away. It took them seven years to build, and it was extravagant. It was like not black carpet and everything. It was, it was gold everywhere. And they had sculptures of angels and trees on the wall. Apparently, there was a whole lot of uh, sculptures of pomegranates because pomegranates was the favoured fruit of the day because it had so many seeds. There was a whole lot of pomegranates on the wall. And it was sat on a hill called Mount Moniah. And Mount Moniah oversaw the city of Jerusalem, or they called it the city of David. And God chose it to be there because he wanted to oversee his people. He wanted to be a beacon of glory and protection for his people. We know this because in, in Kings 6.11 it says, The word of the Lord came to Solomon. As for the temple you are building, if you follow my decrees, observe my laws, and keep all my commands and obey them, I will fulfill them, uh, fulfill through you the promise I gave to your da- to David your father. And I will live among the Israelites, and I will not abandon my people Israel. See, this temple, it was amazing. But it had three spaces, excluding the courtyard. So... There was the courtyards, the outer courts and the upper courts, which, they, which where uh, the whole community could be. That was like an open invite zone. Everyone could be in the courts. But then the other rooms, they had other restrictions. So the first part was the porch, hardly a room. And then the second part was the holy room or the sanctuary. And then the third room was called the holiest of holies. In this place, the holiest of holies was said to be where God's presence resided. And between the sanctuary or the holy place and the holiest of holies was a thick curtain. And obviously this isn't thick, it's linen. I imagine it's more similar to um, the curtains that we have on our wall, the thick, a thick threaded curtain, a tapestry, except it was in royal colours, not black. Um, and this would separate the holiest of holies and the rest of the world. This would separate where God's presence was and where it wasn't. And the only way that you could enter into the holiest of holies is if you were a high priest. And if you you had to be a high priest, you had to be of a particular bloodline. And not even then, you could only enter in at a specific time. You could only enter into God's presence at a, at a particular day in, in Solomon's time, the Day of Atonement. See, this curtain, 
it represented a separation between those who were worthy and those who were not worthy to be in God's presence. They separated a time when you could go into God's presence and a time where you couldn't. It separated the worldly and the, uh, the worldly and the heavenly. There was a separation. And I wonder how many of us today still live in that same mindset of Solomon's temple. And we have invited God into particular times in our life, but not asking him to be in our every day. Maybe you have confined God to particular spaces in your mind, particular areas in your life, but you have restricted his presence to move further. Maybe you have invited God into your Sundays, but not into your every day. See, this temple that Solomon built, although it was magnificent, Although it showed the people that he was no longer a far away God, but he was in these cities, he was still an unreachable God. For the people of the Old Testament, God was still an unreachable God. But God desired to be closer to his people. See, the other day, I was at the supermarket, and uh, book a Koe pack and save, and um, there was a a lady who was trying to get an item in the freezer section. And it was like a low-lying freezer and she was trying to get something over top the freezer. And she could not reach it because she was about eight months pregnant and she had this big baby in her belly. And she, she was trying to reach over it and she tried to do the sideways thing and like get over it. But it, the item was unreachable for her. And I saw her as I was walking down the aisle and I asked her what she needed and I grabbed it for her. See, the item for her was unreachable without my help. God was unreachable for you and I before the help of Jesus. God was unreachable for you and I before the help of Jesus. And on the day of Jesus' death, we saw a, another massive step that God took towards you and I. See, the temple, which once had confined God's presence, the curtain that had separated the, the worldly and the heavenly, the, the place where the, um, the people who were worthy and who were unworthy to be in a relationship with God, it split in two. The thick curtain, not like this linen one, the thick curtain split in two. Matthew records in his gospel in chapter 27, 51, he says, But Jesus, again crying out loudly, breathed his last breath. At that moment, the temple curtain was ripped in two. From top to bottom, there was an earthquake and the rocks were split in pieces. Now think about this. Nothing represents a new day than opening the curtains in the morning. The splitting of the curtain in the temple represented a new day for you and I. No longer would there be a separation between those who were worthy and unworthy to enter into a relationship with God. No longer would there be requirements or ID checking to see if you could have a relationship with God. No longer would there be a time and a place in where you could and could not experience a relationship with God. It was a new day day. See, this curtain, which had once distorted the people's view of God, was open to reveal a new light so that God can become familiar to you and I.
See, this new day, it represented three things for you and I. Firstly, that God is an everyday God. That God would not be confined to a Sunday thing. He would not be confined to a church conference thing or a day of atonement thing. But he would be an everyday God. That God would be an everyday God. That, and can I encourage you this week to bring God into your everyday I know a lot of us here actually have long commutes to work, uh, so we spend a, long, a lot of time in, in the car or on public transport. Can I encourage you to use that time? Turn down the radio. Start talking to Jesus. Maybe start turning up the worship music or listen to the audio Bible because our God is an everyday God. Not only is God an everyday God, but he is an all-access God. See, the splitting of the curtain symbolized that the presence of God was not confined to a room, but it would flow out to, to all areas of the earth. That God would not just be found in the temple, but he would be found in the schools, in the universities. He would be found at the beach and in the shops. Wherever you are, God could be found also. Just as uh, the mayor of Gotham City gave Batman the access, uh, the key to the city, God has the keys to this earth, and he is an all-access God. So let me encourage you today, open up the areas of your life in which you had permitted, uh, restricted God's presence to go. Sometimes we can pray for our children and say, God, I pray for, your he for their healing and their health, but you know, I'm restricting your, your word over my finances. I'm restricting, God, don't come into my marriage. God, don't come into my workplace. Can I encourage you today, open the curtains of those areas in which you had not permitted God's presence to go. And as the band comes to join me, I want to encourage you, lastly, that our God is an open invite God. The splitting of the curtain represented that, uh, and it ripped apart on the day of Jesus' death. He also ripped apart the requirements that you and I would need in order to enter into a relationship with God. No longer would there be a bouncer checking in uh, people's IDs and uh, life experiences to say whether they could enter into the relationship with God and to the presence of God or not but he would invite everyone. There wouldn't be an in crowd. There wouldn't be an out crowd. Everyone would be invited. I want to encourage you today. There's some people in Pukekohe, in Tuakau, and in Waiuku who are far from God, but they're close to you. There are people who are far from God, but are close to you. Would we not, would you be so bold to invite them into a church community, to invite them to attend on a Sunday, to invite them to experience a relationship with God. Like I said, some Christians have been acting like bouncers and guarding God's presence. But we are an invitational church. We are not gatekeepers to the presence of God, but instead we are a church that will hold back the curtain and invite everyone in, saying, if you have different life experiences to me, 
come on and you are welcome here. If you speak a different language, if you look different to me, come on, I'm holding back the curtain. You can be welcome here. If you have different political views and different uh, opinions to me, I will hold back the curtain and I will invite you in to experience a relationship, God, a relationship with God. Because we are an invitational church. Because He is an open invite God. We are a church that won't confine God to a Sunday. But we will give Him all access. We believe that He is an everyday God. And we will openly invite everyone to join in that relationship. But you might be here today. And if you're honest, you've been boxing God in. You've been boxing God in just in the same way that Solomon's temple did. Permitting your relationship with God to exist on a Sunday, but or just in specific areas. But today, you see that He's not this far away God, but He is a close God. And I would love to pray for you. I'd love to pray that, that you would be able to experience God every day, that you would experience Him in every area of your life, that you would have the courage and the boldness to open up, to invite Him in into your world. So let me pray. God, I thank You that we did not need to strive or to chase after You because You stepped towards us. And God, we reciprocate that same action. We open the curtain to You today. We invite you into our every day. We invite you into our Monday and our Friday and to every area of our lives. And we say sorry for the areas that we have not opened to you. God, I pray that you would walk with us. You would go behind us, come beside us and walk with us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Excellent. Just, just wait. Can I uh, ask that we uh, keep every eye closed and every head bowed right now? What a, what a great message about, about an open, all-access, invitational God that loves each one. And, and this morning, this morning we, we, we never like to, to end a service without giving an opportunity for, for people to say yes to Jesus. And, and, and it's real simple. Here, here's the thing, Bailey. I uh, preached a great message about, about a curtain that was torn in two so, so we could have access, so we could have a relationship with our loving Father. And that happened when, when Jesus went to a cross for you and for me, taking uh, our pain and our sin, the stuff that separated uh, you and me from God, that, that, that separation just like the curtain, Jesus died upon a cross, taking upon His very own body, your stuff and my stuff died and He rose again on the third day when He rose again, paying the price for you. Your debt has been paid for. The debt for you has been covered through what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. And, and this morning you might say, Daryl, I'm, I'm far away from God. God doesn't even know my name. Can I say that? Jesus sent His Son for people exactly like you and me. And this morning, I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. And it's a prayer that, that you can pray silently on your heart. I want, I want to invite you to pray this prayer silently in your heart after me. If you would like to say yes to Jesus, or, or maybe you've walked away and, 
uh, from God as, and, and today is the day where you're drawing a line in the sand saying, today I choose to give Him my life and surrender my will to Jesus Christ today. So, so if that's you, this way every eye is closed and every head is bowed, uh, why don't you just repeat this prayer silently in your heart after me. Pray this, pray, dear God, today I choose to give you my life. Forgive me of my sin, the stuff that separated me from you. I choose today to give my life to you. I surrender my will and I give you my heart. So today, will you come in and be the Lord of my life forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. Just while you've got your eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass anybody right here. I would love to, to be able to pray for you in your journey. And, and so this morning, if you just prayed that prayer and you said yes to Jesus, if you, if you prayed and said, Jesus, I'm coming back today, all I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And on three, if that was you, if you said yes to Jesus, just a, if you could slip your hand up and down, I'd love to be able to pray for you. Uh, and help you on that journey. So, so if that's you this morning, if you said yes to Jesus, one, two, three. Lift your hand now if you said yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Anyone this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we praise you for your love and your mercy towards us. Father, that you would, uh, that Lord Jesus, you would give access to, to us, Father God. That Lord, even when we, we don't feel worthy, Father God, or we've got stuff going on, Father, I thank you that the curtain was torn for each one, that we may have a, a loving a relationship with the God of all creation. So Father, this morning I praise you and I thank you for everything you've done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What a great message. Come on, can we give Bailey a big round of applause this morning? So good. So good. Come on, why don't we, why don't we, we're going to close in a, we're going to close in a few moments. I'd love to pray a prayer of blessing and let you know about a few things before we go. But come on, why don't we stand to our feet right now? We're going to praise our God one more time. We're going to lift our voices and, and give God some praise. So, so here we go. Lift your voices.
that has been uh, put down in, in the power zone space there is an amazing space for our children. So you're, you're giving your generosity towards, uh, towards God and, and giving to God out of a heart of love is making a huge difference in the hearts of lives of children and in the generations to come. So thank you for that. Uh, you'll see out in the foyer there, there's, a, there's some giving stations. If you would like to, to give out there, you can do that as well. Uh, also coming up, if you've got young people, there is an encounter camp on next weekend. So that's high school age children. You have to check out our website for more details there. Uh, but that is going to be amazing, amazing camp for them. Come on, can I pray? I want to pray a prayer blessing over you as we go today. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this amazing church family, Lord God, whether new or old, Lord God. Father, I praise you for, for each one, for every child, every family, Lord God, Lord, young and the old, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray right now, Lord, would you bless them in their coming and their going. Will you cause your face to shine upon them, Father God, I pray. Lord, for those who are facing uh, tough situations this week, Lord, Lord, I thank you that you are with them, oh God. Will you guide them and will you lead them? So Father, we honour you today. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, church family, we've got our amazing ministry team who are going to be uh, at the front here. They would love to be able to pray for you. They've got lanyards on so you can know who they are. But they're going to be up here. If you'd like prayer for anything, please come and see them. But it has been amazing to have you with us today. Have a fantastic rest of the day and we'll see you back next time. Bless you, everybody.